When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, everybody? Welcome. It is Monday afternoon. It's great to be here. We are live on YouTube. Guy Haberman, John Middlecoff, getting you uh, rolling in your podcast feed as well. A lot of links in the description of both. If you want to watch it, you podcasters, the link to the YouTube is in the description. If you want to listen to it, you YouTubers, the link is in the description. And as always, if you're on YouTube, we appreciate it if you like and subscribe and help the channel go, grow. That's what I meant to say. Uh, dude, I got a lot of stuff to throw at you. I've got like one cup of coffee, but I feel like I've had four today. Have you seen the college football schedule for this week? Have you like really, have you looked at it lately? No. Just to remind yourself what it is? No. Oh God. It's not, it's not very good. Yeah. Well, there's enough. There's enough. LSU, LSU, Florida State's a really good game. Sunday night. That game's on Sunday night. Oregon State at San Jose State is Sunday. Um, Obviously, Fresno State at Purdue, 9 a.m. Saturdays on everybody's list. That's not terrible. Colorado at TCU, big noon, 9 a.m. Saturday for you West Coasters. Not bad. Cal at North Texas, line's like three. Who's North Oregon, Carolina, Washington South Carolina? That's a good game. Yeah. Uh, Washington plays Boise State. That's a good game. Yep. So there's some good games. Oregon play no, a nobody. Uh, yeah, Oregon's got, uh, I mean, not a nobody, John. Oregon's got Portland State. Okay. So does Oregon, play, do, does Oregon play anybody in the non-conference? Yes, they go to Texas Tech week two. Okay, that's a real game. That's a real game. I think Texas Tech like beat, seven. they beat Texas last year. I mean, they're yeah, good. Road, I, road game at Lubbock? I mean, <laughs> one of my scouting buddies says that, like, they're pretty impressive, like, when you go to practice. Like, they're, they're a real, really? I mean, they have been before with Leach or whatever, but they're... They might be like an eight nine win team. Okay, okay, okay. Their quarterback is the is Tyler Shuck, who play who former Oregon Duck. Anyway, uh, and then Clemson Duke is on Monday night. Clemson at Duke on Monday night. So that's I, know, I could do. I know we could do a little better. Uh, we are brought to you by our friends at Tito's Handmade Vodka. Tito's Handmade Vodka, John. Whatever you're drinking, sidle up to the bar or getting ready for your fantasy football draft this week or just chilling, or whatever you're doing, Tito's is there for you. Tito's Handmade Vodka. Yeah, get yourself a Tito's. I had a couple this weekend. Obviously, this weekend is a great time to have Tito's because football, I think, games start Thursday night, right? And then they go all the way through Monday. Oh, do we not say Utah-Florida is Thursday night? Florida Utah is Thursday night. Okay, well, is Utah on their third-string quarterback? Uh, We'll see. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, might be. He's is there. He's not exactly an open book, but well, here's the thing, John. They got Cam Rising who's coming off the ACL. Kyle Whittingham likes to make his quarterbacks live sometimes, <laughs> and they had a scrimmage two weeks ago, and their backup Brandon Rose got hurt. Yeah, so he might be so. sipping some Tito's right now. Uh, Tito's handmade vodka, the shit. Uh, yeah, that's right, baby. Uh, America's America. America's. Uh, what'd you say? Uh, America's number one vodka. Yeah, distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas, 40% alcohol by volume, namely 80 proof, crafted to be savored responsibly. A couple other ways to spend your money, by the way. We've got a butcherbox.com slash ham deal. 
the link. You can click on it down below. Free Sam and 20 bucks off. And we got a game time. 20 bucks off with the game time app with the code ham. So uh, you can use that. And not an ad, but just because we love the company, we hit up our guy Aaron over at Melon, the hat company that we love, and said, hey, anything we can do for you guys, let us know. And they said, well, in August, all of the sales at Melon, M-E-L-I-N.com, great hats. I love it. I wear it all the time. Um, he said all the sales in August, a portion of the proceeds gets donated to um, some uh, uh, fundraising for the Maui Relief Fund, the Ama Olukai. You know, they're one of their main uh, – a lot of the money is from the Olukai company, which is like an awesome, huge flip-flops, yeah. shoes, all that stuff. Uh, they've raised over $20,000 at Melon.com, John. So uh, Maui Relief um, uh, – with uh with a portion of each each sale going to the Maui Relief Fund. So through August you can do that. Awesome shit. Melon's doing more for those people than the government. Appreciate you. Yeah, I just got a couple did you got, I got a couple new melon hats today. So I good, yeah, I got uh, a place in order. All right. Uh let's dive in. What did I tell you? I, oh, I told you about college football. I watched did you watch Caleb did you, have you seen any of the Caleb Williams highlights? I, I, back back to Whittingham. Yeah. It's you know and, and, and Tomlin was pumping his chest cuz it's gone really well. Everyone's all for like there. You'll never meet a football guy that doesn't want to just go full go until like the person that's going to be your starting quarterback gets destroyed in a scrimmage three weeks before you play the SEC. You're like, yeah, this is not an ideal situation. Yeah. And I think that speaks to in college in the NFL, right? Utah historically has a bunch of NFL defensive linemen and pass rushers. Just like in these NFL teams, they're all pros. If you tell those guys, like, hey, guys, full go, you get a little extra oomph because in practice you never get to do that. So it is just – there could just be collateral damage of just – in the games, you don't give a shit. That is not your problem when the quarterback's laying there. Yet in practice, every guy is your problem when they're laying there. So it's – these situations, man, are – there's not a right or wrong answer. I don't think Tomlin and obviously Andy and all these guys play their starters, but – if you tell me you don't play your starters, I, I, you know, in preseason games or don't tackle in the preseason, which I would imagine like Kirby and Nick have to be very careful about this. There, there is no right or wrong answer. There's only a wrong answer when people get hurt, and you can't. You, that could happen in OTAs and shorts and t-shirts lifting. That could happen. Remember, was it Mozart? Remember the 49ers had a player towards MCL sitting down on a chair. So yeah. you just. I, I, I think it's very easy to be critical about people's styles, practice, scrimmages. Because I would imagine the history of football, scrimmages, in definitely in college because they put on pads in the spring, but definitely in training camp, you tackle to the ground. And I think universally, no one does it anymore. Is that just... Is that the right answer, or is it just people so scared now? Yeah, I mean, you could argue... Uh... No one, none of us are going to play defense tough enough where we only we hold you to 18 point, 13 points a game, right? Even Alabama doesn't, Georgia, they don't hold you to eight points a game anymore. So, what's more important is that we have the ability to last in a game that's going to be 42 38. I'm talking more college than the NFL level. Um, and, uh, you know, I think Kyle, that's where Kyle Whittingham would say, yeah, like, you know, you look at their two games with USC last year, they were shootouts, but part of what got his backup quarterback hurt in practice two weeks ago is also what has built the program for 20 years, which is physicality and toughness. And that's just the cost of doing business. Why they've been to back-to-back Rose Bowls. Yeah. When they were the Mountain West a decade, they were the Mountain West a decade ago. 
So I, I have a hard time, especially in college, different than the pros. Like, ultimately, let's think about the pros. You just go, well, we drafted this guy in the second round. He's going to play for us. Maybe he misses a tackle or two because we didn't go live, but that's it is what it is. We know this guy can tackle. In college, you're like, I want to start this true freshman, but fuck, I've never seen him in the open field against a college player. So if I'm Nick Saban or Ohio State or these teams that their margin for victory is zero or, you know, margin for playoffs is very, very slim. It's like, I feel kind of good about this guy, but how do I know if he can tackle a starting running back in the open field? That's why a lot of these teams play fucking nobodies. Uh, Alex Leatherwood uh, released today, John. No, yesterday. The Bears released Alex Leatherwood yesterday, by the way. Just, you know, um, we saw we saw the Raiders play the Cowboys in front of Tom Brady this weekend. And, uh, boy, the 20, the 20 draft had a weird – Leatherwood and Trey Lance, both uh, – Leatherwood's like two teams removed from his 20 draft team. I do think the difference was – and I think the 49ers have alluded to this. I, I do think it was pretty clear – in league circles, the Falcons liked Trey Lance a lot mm-hmm. at number four. Um, Trey Lance would have been drafted in the top. I, I mean, worst case scenario, 15 picks. Like, he was getting drafted really high. There, there was a reason that he declared for the draft once that season ended because people already were very intrigued with his measurables, right? And then once they got to know the guy, he actually only increased his value. Leatherwood was a, I would say, pretty consistent shock around the league. <laughs> People questioned like the person yeah. too, and obviously yeah. the player was terrible. And that's bigger bust currently because we've seen him play and he's god awful. Like the only thing people have to hold on to Trey is like, well, we'll just have to see one day, which I still don't know when's coming. But uh, well, because Will Greer play. threw for three hundred, Will Greer was in a Big Twelve game apparently this weekend. I had to Google it because I was like, Will's pretty young he's 28 he's been in the league a little while so, i think he uh, was at what he was at west virginia for an extra minute wasn't he or no am i imagining that did you look at his college scores yeah he, he'd been out since like 17 or 18 I, I forget exactly how many years he played in college but he was he's been in the league well before like the covid years and stuff so he's gotcha. not like he okay. got extra time okay maybe okay. he got injured in college but the way when you watch mike mccarthy talk and if you watch jerry's press conference which is no different than like a Kyle or a Belichick conference. He just tells you their personnel moves. Jerry wasn't asking his coach what his thought about the move was. And in fairness to Jerry, like this is a guy that's clearly going to be a, not just a backup, a third string quarterback, but he didn't, they didn't look, call Mike McCarthy to his, to their office and go, what do you think about this? Told him after the fact. And then Mike said, I like the guy coming out. Now how much he actually watched him coming out, given that, you know, Dak Prescott and everything like that was the year he got the cowboy job. But this is a scenario, like, my number one takeaway is having a couple days to think about this, and I think you and I have texted about this, and I've texted a lot of people. No one will ever remotely care about Trey Lance until he ever proves that he's a good player, and we're a long way away from that, just him getting on the field, like the 49ers just cared about him. Like, his days of having people in the building that are – are tied, connected, and have just a lot of juice on the line to his success are over. Like, if, if he's just bad in practice and the Cowboys cut him this off, like, they don't care. It doesn't matter to them, right? And, and he is now one of those quarterbacks around the league that if it works out great, if not, whatever. Sam Darnold's like that with Kyle Shanahan. Kyle might like him, 
But if he plays bad, whatever, right? If, if he ever has to get into a game, if Purdy has to miss a game, like they're not invested in him. Like the Cowboys are not invested in this. They are if it works, but they have well, no problem pivoting. Well, they're invested to a fourth-round pick, right? So Trey Lance gets treated by the Cowboys like a fourth-round pick. I think it's part of what the people that are angry about the Niners operation is they're like, you never even treated them like the third overall pick, right? That's the irony. You talk to a lot of NFL people. You you are one. You worked in the league. I've talked to players about this. Guys, and I, you know, you talk to guys who were drafted later in a draft, let's say. I've got a buddy who was a fifth rounder. And he's like, you know, I just knew it ter- It was very apparent very quickly in practice. It, it didn't matter in my first rookie camp if I played better than the second rounder. It was irrelevant. They had invested a second rounder in one guy and a fifth rounder in another guy. And I think that's what you're describing is your best chance to succeed when you're a high draft pick. You're going to get the most rope. That's what's crazy, right? With the Niners. Well, he did. He did. He got year one. He wasn't remotely close to being ready and they roll with Jimmy. Year two, they gave it all to him and he just got injured. Yeah. And then yeah. by the by the third year, where most guys in his scenario would have got the opportunity again, they had just, in their mind, and time will tell, struck oil. That feels even though strong. They feel very, very good about what they found at the bottom of the lake, like they found some gold at the bottom of the lake in Brock Purdy, and they just pivoted in their mind. And this is what I said from the beginning. They had checked out. And I, I was taking educated guesses with the Sam Darnold signing and everything. I think it was clear that they had they had checked out. And they had definitely checked out in, once you factor in. And they had talked about this. Like I don't, I don't have a breakdown of the way they practice in season because no one's allowed there beside the team is they don't operate like some teams. And, and Kyle said this, like our backup quarterback doesn't sit with the starter. And, and actually, I thought about it, it kind of makes some sense. I bet they want their backup quarterback, one, to get some reps, right, to keep, stay fluid in playing. And two, they give all their reps. The famous Peyton Manning, Tom Moore quote is like, when John Gruden was at one of their practices when he was doing Monday Night Football, he's like, why don't you give any other reps to any other quarterbacks? And his quote is an all-timer, he said, because if Peyton goes down, we're fucked, and we don't practice fucked. And, and it, that really works for the elite guys. I think some would say, like, you know, some of these other situations you should – but I, I do understand the coach's mindset. Like, that's just not the way we're going to operate. Our starting quarterback needs every rep possible. And Trey Lan- there's not really a rep for a third quarterback, which makes sense why they probably like Brandon Allen because they go, he doesn't need anything, and we don't care about it. Where Trey Lance is going to be doing nothing, like he would just be doing nothing at a premium price. While needing to improve. And the other thing would be, clearly Jerry overbid, right? That's why they got him, but spent way more, put more on the table than all the other teams. Like the 49ers did not send Trey Lance to the best scenario for him to play, right? They sent him to the same exact scenario. They sent him to the place that gave him the best pick. This was not about Trey Lance going to an opportunity because he doesn't have an opportunity here. And I think you and I talked about this when the news broke. The opportunity is actually worse because we can dispute how long Purdy's leash would be, but there clearly is a leash. Dak Prescott has zero leash. He is playing. The ship would go down with Dak Prescott this year. So Trey Lance, I don't exactly know how McCarthy does practice. They've obviously over the years in Green Bay, even behind Aaron, had a million quarterbacks. So maybe he rotates guys in different areas with the scout team or I don't know. But this is a scenario where the 49ers, I actually, the more I thought about it, commend them 
and this shows you how secure they are and everything of just fucking move on. You've already moved on. The only reason you wouldn't move on because publicly you don't want to wear egg on your who gives a shit. Well, they don't. They haven't. Kyle definitely doesn't. Yeah, but this this one was clearly a little harder for him. Like they tiptoed around it till they got to the end end of the of the cliff, and then they just said fuck it and jumped. Part of what makes it easier, right, is that there's no like you're not fooling the outside world anymore when he's your third quarterback, right? People are already crushing you. Trey Lance could be on your Trey Lance could be your third string quarterback for the next eight years, and you don't get to say, We drafted a 10-year quarterback. Well, yeah, he's your third yeah. quarterback, guys, right? So the second that happens, and you know, to your point, when you said they moved on, they've moved on twice. They moved on from him as the backup, then they moved on from him. Uh, no, they moved on from him as the starter, then they moved on from him as the backup. So I, I'm I'm not saying I, I to do, win. I, you I wouldn't do. trade two ones for a four, but I'm still pretty stunned they got a four. Did you watch Jerry's eight, nine minutes? No, but I read the quotes. Yeah. One thing, quote, that didn't, if you didn't watch it, probably didn't go viral, just because from the Cowboy standpoint, it wouldn't really make news. But Jerry said they were going to trade him. So, like, when he got on the phone, it wasn't like they were open to it, which they kind of played. No, like yeah, he yeah, was yeah. done, which makes complete sense. You could not have Trey Lance as your third-string quarterback. I know a lot of people in the media like, I'd keep him. You can't do that. It was over. Back to the semantics of the way and logistically the way you run a football team. He doesn't do anything. If he's your third-string quarterback, he doesn't take any reps. And his whole thing is like, what's the point of keeping him around if he's not doing anything? Even if technically, I know this season he makes nine hundred fifty grand or whatever because they've already paid out a bonus to start the they've already given him like three million so it was really like eight and a half million or nine million over the course of a couple of years and the Cowboys basically inherit his base salary this year which is nine fifty and then the five point three next year which again to me he gets a year to prove like I could see the Cowboys eating in to move on if they think like there's he can't be their backup next year. Because that's part of acquiring them this year for them. Like, what I see all these people like, if you're a Trey Lance fan, like this is great for him. How's it great for him? He doesn't do. He doesn't play at all. He's free now, he even, John. He's free of the oppressive 49ers regime. So what's Mike Be McCarthy? Himself. Fly birdie is fly. He, isn't oh, he an offensive him? genius, John? <laughs> and a, a misunderstood titan of football. I, I just think the whole thing at least on the interweb, kind of jumped the shark a while ago and became pretty laughable. I thought Ethan Strauss had a good line. He, he wrote, uh, not a line, but an article. I don't know if you saw it, but he basically said, he goes, in my experience after covering sports for a long time, generally speaking, if players don't develop into better players, they're just not going to. It's usually that they're just not going to be that guy. And that's what the odds are, right? Because the second Brock Purdy played, Fuck, before he played, when he was in practice, the Niners thought, oh, we, this, there might be something here. Time will tell. This thing will play itself out. And if Trey never becomes the starting quarterback in Dallas, then he'll have to go somewhere else to become the starting quarterback. But that'll be another team that then decided to move on. So it'll, you know, I, I, I know there are, there are obstacles to becoming starting quarterbacks, which are if you're on a team that has a starting quarterback, it's harder for you to become a starting quarterback. But um, the odds are not in his favor. They're just not. And Dallas, you know, Arizona would have been a much better 
Arizona just cut Colt McCoy today. Now, maybe by the time you listen to this, they signed him back. But the report from ESPN is Kyler's going to start the season on pop. And they are uh, – maybe they watched the Caleb Williams tape on Saturday. I don't know if you had – if they they must have Pac-12 Network. I do. Uh, Caleb looked incredible. Caleb. Did you see some of the Caleb? Yeah, but I view them now. It's like I, I know Caleb is incredible in his arm. I've watched them as a team. Yeah. Because I'm just like, yeah, Caleb's – Caleb's been a lock to go number one since like the second game of last year. So he doesn't really, I mean, that little branch guy they got is fucking incredible too. I mean, they're off. Zachariah Branch, most exciting Trojan since Reggie. Okay, their defense sucks. Like they, 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 but their defense was 124th in yards per play last year. If they just suck enough to be 80th, go look at their schedule, John. They're going to be a top 50 defense for the first half of the year. They don't play yeah, but, for a month. But the, the, Oregon, Washington are winning the conference. I USC is not winning the conference. That was my big takeaway. Hmm. They are so soft. It's listen. Lincoln's an incredible offensive coach. That offense, Caleb is is gonna be a lock number one pick. The offense can score a bunch of points. They are not making the playoffs. Neither one of those other teams has proven they're tough enough. Washington got pushed yeah, I, around by UCLA well, last year. Okay, I'm just well, saying, like, either way, I'm just saying, like, USC's losing games. That's my takeaway from their defense. That defense stinks. It's better they than look, it was last year, which guys, was awful. And they were so on the small. I, they, yeah, they, they don't do look not, big, but they're, they, they, they have do more not. They don't. They, be, they don't belong in the top four conversation, in my opinion. Well, they got there last year, and then they lost to Utah in the championship game. Yeah, I just think that this so like year, teams they, teams don't belong, but they end up there based on who they play and how many games they win. You know, I just think it's going to be harder for them after last year. Like the one, lo- like there are just going to be other one loss teams that will get like the, the second SEC team: Ohio State, Michigan, Florida State, Clemson. Like I, I just I'm not talking about the playoff. I'm talking about they got to win the league with one loss. If they do that, they're in. Now you're saying I think you're saying you don't think they can do that. Is that what you're saying? Uh, but even if they did that, I could see they're just not being a spot for them. And I and I think I, I think I guess my take they're closer to nine and three, ten and two than they are eleven and one, twelve and zero with that defense. Yeah, I think that's true. But if they were a one loss conference champion, they would play a level of football with a Caleb that I think would no one loss conference champ has ever been. We haven't had that situation. Doesn't mean we won't. But anyway, I'm getting them off uh, off track. Because did you see Greg Papa say that Trey was but this, overwhelmed? But, but but this is like. This gets back to talking about prospects and, you know, the whole part of the 49er conversation is about like the evaluation process, the draft. You you watch one drive of Caleb. It's like, Jesus Christ. You just, it's like, that's what a quarterback looks like. Hell, I remember the first game, Aiden O'Connell. You're like, that's what a quarterback looks like. There's just something. Now there's differentiate. Like Caleb is more talented than Aiden O'Connell, but I'm just saying there's, there's just a poise to the position that I think jumps out immediately. Where you're just like, I agree. Well, you know what though, and and, and that and Trey Lance never remotely showed that ever. And that's just something that I text with a buddy this weekend, who's like number two in charge for a pretty important team, and he's like, you know, looking back, they were running fucking quarterback power all the time. <laughs> Remember we talked about North it Dakota State, and, yeah, and they did, and they overwhelmed a lot of people with it. And it's just, at least with Kaepernick, for example, who they ran the shit out of the ball, it was like, look at his speed, right? It was like, this guy runs like a, he's faster than his running backs. Look at this fucking guy running like a deer. Where Trey was like, 
power. But you watch like Cam Newton was power, but it was like a different level against the SEC. I just think you look back, it's pretty, hindsight's always twenty twenty, and obviously we're having this conversation with all the information, but you look back, you go, what is going on? How did they do, how did this happen? I, I One thought I had watching Caleb, John, was just, it's crazy sometimes what a big difference there is between the first pick and the second pick, or the best quarterback and the second best quarterback in a draft, right? Because Trey Lance went third, that's almost first. But the reality is, it's nowhere near first. Trevor Lawrence was going first in every draft, almost every draft. Trey would be going first in none of the drafts, probably, Right. But but it's like like you said, Caleb. When you see it with Caleb, it's like, oh my God! If we could have just got that at one, it would have changed everything. But you're really not that close to. Get, if you're at three, you're not that close to one. The level of risk you take when you take a quarterback at three is going to be so much higher. Now, there's number ones that bust too, but you never get Trevor Lawrence when everyone knows it ahead of time at number three. But but as someone DM me the other day, they're like. Do you- why is the gap between Caleb and Drake May so wide? Are we underestimating? I guess Drake May ran for 700 yards. And I'm just fascinated to really watch him this year. But we know he's good. Now, is he close to Caleb? Is he, is he the clear number two? We know he's like a big-time prospect. But I even think like Bo Nix, Penix, just watching Sam Hartman. There's just These guys all look like quarterbacks. Now, are they going to be NFL studs? No clue. But I can see why all these guys are going to have like people pounding the table you just watch Michael Penix play the first month of the season. You're like, God, he's fucking smooth cat, right? Caleb's on a higher level just because he's younger, no injuries, all this stuff. But I'm just talking the rest of the class. Even Hartman is a pretty interesting guy. You know what I think Caleb's best quality is? And this is where I, I think we didn't see it with Trey. Caleb Williams is extremely comfortable with the position. Like when you watch Caleb Williams play, you think that guy's been exploring what is exploring his space for a long time. He'll run towards the line of scrimmage. He'll pass the line of scrimmage, but he'll still throw the football backwards. He'll throw parallel passes. He'll keep it, but then he won't. He'll run he love, he loves that parallel pass. In it's the really, and when he does it with, <laughs> with uh, Zachariah Branch, it's really a dangerous play. But he's just – some of it's crazy, but you see a guy who's so comfortable with the basics that he's gone like seven more levels. What am I capable of, right? Um, and it, you just never felt like Trey had that comfort. And it's why, you know, people – when you watch Brock, you see a guy really comfortable with just the operation. What's, what's supposed to happen here? I'm going to do that. Then I'm going to go to the next thing, and then I'm going to go to the next thing. And I don't think we saw that with Trey. I think the Raider game was a great example of that, right? And you do see it with Purdy. Purdy's very comfortable with the operation. Now, Purdy athletically, obviously, can't do the things that Caleb does. But that's what stands out to me. I think a lot of people uh, think when they graduate college, like, man, if I played on my high school basketball team after just playing a bunch of pickup basketball in college, I would have been so much better. And it's true. You would have been. But that's the high school basketball team. You normally don't acquire that wisdom, that talent, that understanding for several more years. That's why bands who burst on the scene when they're all in their late teens doing things that guys in their 40s do take over because you're not supposed to have that experience. And Caleb, when you watch him as a guy that doesn't need any seasoning, he has a comfort level that it takes other players much longer to have. And and if you're going to win a job with a competitive team, which is what Trey was trying to do, 
you have to have a certain level of comfort to inspire confidence from guys who are in their primes. When you watch Caleb, you go, if that guy's in his prime right now, that's good enough. <laughs> right. For sure. But, but this is, I, I think when you want, I think this quarterback class, and I'm not trying to, sometimes I think we overhype. I think there are like five or six guys that like proved last year. If they just keep doing what they're doing, it's, I mean, we could see like five guys go in the top, like 12 and like teams feel really good about it with long resumes. Lombardi said something good today on his podcast. He said one thing Walsh used to say is with a lot of prospects, and or one thing he learned about guys like that is like we think forward, like what the guy can be instead of looking backwards. And he said like when, for example, Mitch Trubisky is a good example. Was like Ohio State Player of the Year, or you know the state of Ohio Player of the Year, but Ohio State wanted no part of him, and they, they were interested in him playing a different position but they didn't view him as a quarterback. Then he went to North Carolina. It's like, well, clearly, and even the version of North Carolina right now, like top 20, they have years where they're you know closer to like the 50th program, right, than the 15th. He didn't play there at all. Like He was a one-year starter because he couldn't win the job. So you look back, and he's, he's going to go on to be a backup for a little while. People like the guy. But when you watch him play, Mitch has no touch. <laughs> He's just not a natural quarterback. Honestly, I don't uh, love him as a backup. He, he's not natural. Butcherbox.com slash ham and another special deal. Free for a year. You get salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for a year, plus an additional 20 bucks off right now at butcherbox.com slash ham. Been telling you about it for years. Been eating it. Four years on a regular basis. Easily find high-quality meat and seafood. You can trust 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, pork-raised, crate-free, and wild-caught seafood. Always be prepared with meat in the freezer when you get butcherbox.com ham delivered right to your doorstep with free shipping. ButcherBox is offering you Free for a year plus an additional 20 bucks off either salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for free. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash ham and use the code ham to choose your free offer for a year plus get $20 off your first order. What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at game time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called game time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park, been there a million times, never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app, your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game time app, promo code HAM. Save yourself $20. We don't even need a thank you. Just hammer that promo code. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. 
Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. I'm and I think you. when you look at Trey, he has a very similar That's a good line. Comp. Yeah, right? that's a good comp. Like I looked at Brock. I just brought up Brock Purdy's Wikipedia. He started immediately as a sophomore at quarterback. By his senior year, he's the state player of the year in Arizona, which is a really good recruiting ground in general for athletes, right? High-end prospects, basketball, baseball, football. He's player of the year. Now, Excellent quarterbacks, too, come out of that state. Excellent. Yeah, exactly. Wants to go bigger, but I understand Saban and these guys meet him. They go, fuck, we can't offer him a scholarship. Understandable. Now, he clearly could have played at a lot of the places that didn't offer him a scholarship because of his height, right? Like, he was better than Iowa State in the sense of some of the SEC schools, some of the Pac-12 schools. If they could have a redo on that, is it fair to say they would get they would take a redo on Brock Purdy? Yeah. 100%. So he's just quarterback. He is a good quarterback. His big knock is height. Height. Even if he threw some picks at Iowa State his senior year, that was an underwhelming year given the hype of the program. If he was 6'4", he's never, he might not go in the first round, but he ain't going in the seventh. You're talking like a third or fourth round pick. So a big part of the evaluation is like, that's why I love this quarterback class, right? Obviously, we're going to talk a ton about Caleb Williams and Drake May, but Bo Nix, big-time prospect, go to fucking Auburn. Penix, Obviously a little underwhelming at Indiana, but clearly proven he was better than that when healthy. Right? Sam Hartman. It's like people thought in Indiana he should have a higher ceiling that the injuries prevented him from reaching. Yeah. Sure looks like he did last year, right? When they went on to win what they win? Eleven games? He lived in nation passing. Hartman. It's like, God, this guy is fucking lighting up the scoreboard every week. Well, let's take our deal the next level, go to Notre Dame. I think people are pretty bullish on the whole thing, right? That he's going to be pretty good there. So, they had thirty thousand people travel from the U.S. for that game. Uh, high H A H H I, they say, right, with their fan base, household income. So I think they're well equipped to uh, make trips like that. Last year it was Northwestern, also very similar. You know, you're able. You, you, you couldn't choose like Oregon State, Fresno State. I don't know how many people you're getting to Ireland, but you go like Northwestern, Notre Dame, USC, Notre Dame. You do something like that. You could do like Duke basketball against probably like uh, Duke basketball against UConn basketball, something like that. Some high end schools, right? It's it's not a complicated formula they got in this Ireland game. I'll tell you that much. But my my point is, I keep getting back to this. There are quantitative things, inaccurate, the touch, and then there's just like the eye test was really really shitty. Think about this with Draymond is a good example. Not that big. Obviously, the game changed a little bit. It got smaller. He doesn't see like Shaquille O'Neal and Tim Duncan and David Robinson every single night. Uh, so the game has changed, which benefited a smaller player. But Draymond's instincts as a basketball player, he might not have been as effective in like 1993, but the fucking guy's playing because he just has instincts to play. And this gets back to instincts about playing. You can't make up the way Caleb plays, which... If you watch it, you go, God, there is a lot of Mahomes there. It's just like, I don't, which all gets back to Favre. Like, there's like this boyhood where Trey was the opposite. It felt like a robot, right? It's just, it was just very robotic. And whether it was confidence, I, I don't know. There are a lot of different factors. It's just some people aren't just natural at doing it, right? Some, they're just, 
He's just not a natural. And it's a hard thing to do. Very. Yeah. Um, what what did you say? The what was the Greg Papa exact? Uh, he said it, he was overwhelmed. Then, he, but he, then he started talking about like uh, some scout team throw he made three years ago. <laughs> uh, why? Do you want, I can play it for you here. Hold on one sec. Um, one of my one of my uh, media sources sent this one to me, John. Our media sources. The point is, the young man. Because I love real estate. Agents. Oh, they went to John Mulaney on Instagram. <laughs> Instagram's amazing. The point is, the young man from Marshall, Minnesota, in Fargo, North Dakota, it was overwhelming for him. It was just, it was too big. And I could see him get down when he missed a throw in practice. He dropped his head. And I think he lost a lot. The other thing about the finger injury, on the practice squad that year, he was, he threw an interception virtually every play. I've never seen a scout team quarterback that poor. And it was a lot of it was we found out later was the finger. And then when he did start against Houston, he got better, but he lost his confidence. I think he he lost his confidence quickly against uh, the Chargers and the joint practices. He just hadn't played a lot. He didn't have an I don't give an F mentality like Mahomes. I think, you know, that Mahomes' mechanics aren't perfect. He doesn't do everything exactly right. He just doesn't care. And he's amazingly skilled. Do you want more? He's got a while to go. Okay. But but don't you think that's and this gets back to th- there's a million stats out there about his limited playing time, the comparison to random names all over the league. Gino more attempts in a season than Lance does since he was like six, and I mean, all you can find any stat on Trey Lance with pass attempts. I'm a big believer in you get confidence through experience at whatever you do. Once you've done a lot, like if if they called you tomorrow to call. The big because Burkhardt's down, you would be nervous doing it, but you've been calling football games for a long fucking time that you would know how to run the board, you would know exactly what to do. And when you don't have that, like Brock Purdy might throw three picks week one, and the Niners lose by 15 points. I think they could easily lose week one. It's not crazy. No one, including the Niners, not even close, took this preseason more seriously than the Steelers. They, they, They aren't. Obviously, they're thinking the whole season, but I, I've been a lot of it. There's a lot of talk about week one for them, opening at home against a big-time team. like that. They're, <laughs> they're going to be fucking come out flying. It could be ugly. He won't just tap out and call it quits because I, I don't blame anyone for losing their confidence that they don't have experience doing something. So, honestly, you could think Sam sucks. At least he knows what it's like on a weekly basis, and that's what I knew Kyle was going to lean on the whole time. The NFL is so fucking hard that if you struggle one game, like Ray Lewis had bad games, Patrick Willis has like every Trent Williams has bad games. Like I don't care who you are, Tiger Woods shoots seventy five every once in a while in his prime. Like you just come back the next day, no problem. And the only way you get that is by just building up over time, right? For, back from Trent Williams has been in the trenches since like Oklahoma. Right when he showed up and had to win a job, and then becomes their starter for years, and then goes to Washington and dominate. Like you just, you do it. You gain your confidence. I don't care how cocky you are, because that's how you think it looks. You gain it through success, without question. And I think that's the kind of thing that you can judge in a practice. Everybody has just think about it fundamentally. Being around people. Right. You can be around somebody at your house at a dinner and go, 
and get an impression of what kind what kind of worker they are in their job. Are they a competent person? Are they not a competent person? Are they silently confident? Are they outwardly boisterous but full of shit? Like you just make general. We do it all the time, right? So, you know, I said this on maybe I said this to you on Friday. I don't remember. Your phone was in the freezer, but um, I think that the way we view Darnold versus Trey is different than the way Kyle does. Kyle views it as I've never seen Sam up close and I've seen two years of Trey up close. Everybody else says, Oh, we've seen a ton of Darnold. He stinks, but we've never seen Trey. But the guys in that locker room have seen nothing but Trey for two years and none of Darnold, right? Not that it's about Trey versus Darnold necessarily, but the games are the things that matter. What you do in a practice might tell us what you're going to do in a game. But the only thing that tells us what you're going to do in a game is what you do in a game. But the people around you for two, imagine you're on a team and you practice with somebody for two years. You start to get an idea of what they are. I mean, one example is Jeremy Lin, who was buried on the end of the bench, didn't really do much in practice. Mike D'Antoni wanted nothing to do with him, got into a game and proved everybody wrong for two weeks. And it was, in my opinion, one of the greatest sports stories of my life was Lynn Sanity. It's one of my favorite things ever. It was when he hit the, when he hit when he hit the three against the Raptors. It was pretty cool. Oh, it was, <laughs> and then it kept going, and it just Sports Center every day. You had to watch it. It was incredible. But what happened in the end? Flamed out. Wasn't a starting NBA player <laughs> actually. <laughs> so was D'Antoni right or wrong? Well, he was kind of wrong, but he was also kind of right. In other words, practice means less than games, but practice doesn't mean anything. doesn't mean nothing. And, yeah. and the Niners reached this conclusion based on a lot of time they spent together for two years. Well, think about this. Troy Aikman's talked about this. Obviously, Peyton Manning has as well, that they came to shitty teams, big-time prospects, number one picks, like elite. Like every team in the league would want a guy like that, and it was ugly. I mean, Aikman talked about, like, I don't even know if I'm going to last – we're not winning a game. We like staring 0 and 16. Manning threw like 30 picks. They went 3 and 13. So obviously, as a human being, there had to be moments when those guys were however old they were, 22, 23. Regardless of everything you did at Tennessee and regardless of everything Troy did at UCLA the previous couple of years, where they like, can I do this? But they have that base to like, listen, you look him in the face, just remember. It's, think of it like being a true freshman. Build up. You have it in you, and you just you keep it. And then once the dam breaks, you have that base to build off of. Like Caleb, there is a chance that I saw there was a report last week. Like depending on who is the number one pick, you know he could go back to like he's coming out. Maybe oh, you he didn't hear my idea. About Did you hear my idea? Did I tell no, you? I didn't tell you that the that a USC collective should raise thirty five million dollars and pay him for one more year. That based on what you make in the playoff. And go into the Big Ten. And what if you have a two-time Heisman Trophy winner coming back to school? He could be the greatest college football player of all time if he won a third Heisman. And that they the should pr- that it would be financially worth it to them to guarantee him thirty-five million dollars for one year of football. I don't disagree with that. So just the 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 value of his entire rookie contract, almost. Yeah. Is that what we- yeah. Or four. Yeah. His contract. Bryce Young made thirty-eight million dollars. Okay my pushback would be not crazy idea at all. And USC 100% should attempt to do that. It's like, you know, when you hear like NBA agents, like we want to get his clock started. Yeah. Cause let's start your clock right. for the Mahomes Allen deal. For sure. But you know, 35, one year, 
would make you think. Yeah, and, like, and look, his if he's a three time, let's say he's coming into the NFL as a you do three get a time, signing bonus like twenty six million dollars though. Yeah, you, you got to work it a little. But if he comes into the NFL as like a three time Heisman winner, his endorsement money is going to dwarf his endorsement money already will probably dwarf his first NFL contract in twenty twenty four. So wherever he goes, more than likely that team is going to suck balls, and it it probably won't look exactly like we just witnessed on Saturday, right? Of him, like, throwing behind him, throwing these. He threw a touchdown pass early in that game. I was like, God damn, he's throwing 100 miles an hour. He's got a hose. That it could look really ugly. And his stats relative to the billing. Look at, look at uh, what's his name? Trevor Lawrence. But ultimately, you feel good, like, over the course of a couple years. Like, we're all in. We feel very good about the package here. And I just wonder if why they kept I would say flopping back and forth, not having full conviction, big picture. It's easy to say because of Brock Purdy. It's because of like, why are we, what really gives us this conviction pre him showing up here? (laughs) Like, where, remember those two years when he was taking down Georgia and Bama? Like, what if you just, they can't ever say that to themselves. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's part of it. They just can't go back and be like, Remember those nights when he took down Oregon and Washington back to back weeks, nighttime in front of a hundred. You just don't John. That's have that's, any what, of that. that's what that's what that's uh, what uh, Jimmy Haslam said about Johnny Manziel. Like guys, I mean, he just went toe to toe with Saban, kicked his ass. Come on, right? I mean, that can also lead you astray. But but he didn't ask, give a, like he didn't even try. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but when you ask like, why in the world did Kyle draft Trey? Because he was the best. They thought the best option of their available options. They didn't. Some draft you draft the guy, you know your story. Brett Veach and the Chiefs were like, God, this Mahomes guy better fall to us. That wasn't this. Probably in the end, it was we need this. Let's trade up and we'll pick whatever we think, right? But you right. weren't. They weren't going through Yelp. They just picked a restaurant and they were just going to pick whatever was on that menu. If they didn't have anything they liked, they were still picking off that menu, which is what happened. Well, they they went between the two. And then I'm glad they did this because this is the right way to go. Because like I said, I'd rather have Brock Purdy and Sam Darnold than Mac Jones currently. So I'm glad that didn't work out. Right. They did clearly choose the guy that has the opportunity to have a higher ceiling because of some of his measurables. Right. That's how they ended up with Trey over Mac. Because they went, do you want Kirk Cousins or maybe like the light version of Josh Allen? They at least and understood I, that part of the process, right? We shouldn't draft low ceiling third overall. Well, I, I know the scouts did. Clearly, Kyle was talked into it as well, right? Or at least he ended up there and was good with it. No, he was drawn. I, he was drawn plays on the plane. Don't you remember? Like, do you believe him when he said that? I feel like I let down Trey. I feel like I fucked this up. Um, a little bit, I do. Yeah, and I'll tell you why. Kyle has spent his life around professional football players, and even though his dad treated running backs like widgets, and he treats running backs like widgets, um. I do think he, huh? McCaffrey, he views this. Except McCaffrey, super widget. Um, I do think he has an, I I think to me, if you've been around a certain type of person and he's been around football players, guys chasing their dreams for that long, it's hard not to have some human understanding of what they do, the sacrifices they make and what they go through. He has seen dreams realized and many more dreams crushed and ended. So I think he has to have some feeling of, yeah, of course, Trey's got a lot of money, sure. But he came here to be a starting NFL quarterback. That's what I drafted him to do. 
I promised him I would do it. He promised me he would do it. We promised each other and it didn't happen. Um, I think you'd have to be almost non-human to not have some level of, unless you don't like the person interpersonally, to not have some level of, fuck, man, I, I told you. Because what happens when Trey gets drafted? You tell him, like, we're going to do this together, buddy. You say it to him. Whether you believe it 100% or not, that is what you have to put in his mind and in his confidence. <clears throat> so, yeah, I, I, I do buy that. Kyle, yeah. Kyle's not like some CEO who one day works for 3M and one day works for Bally's exactly. and one day works for Gold's Gym and it just plug and play no matter the industry. Uh, you know, I think football coaches, they can be harsh, as you know, but they also understand what the players go through. The other thing is Kyle, because of who his father is, isn't your typical football coach. Like football is a way of his life and especially professional football. You don't ever want to be associated with known as the worst trade in NFL history, even if you yeah. are a successful guy, right? Which he's had a ton of success and plans on having. Why I have absolutely no issue, and I honestly am commend the move, just because you're good. Move on. This is no this sunk cost. Just just pivot. What's this? Isn't Joe Lacob or George Steinbrenner ain't throwing you out the door? This is Jed's lucky to have you. And so are all the fans, and they know it because they saw Jim Tom Sula, Chip Kelly, and for a long time before Harbaugh showed up, the Nolans and the Singletaries. Like, people want to win here. Of course they want to win the Super Bowl, and that is, you know, what everyone's rooting for. But going to the NFC Championship a lot and getting to a Super Bowl, people sign up for that. So as long as you keep doing that, everyone will be happy. But you'll still be associated with the worst trade in NFL history. <laughs> right? I mean, that's... It's just, it's, it's why I think it's part of, you said this to me, I think, right? It's part of why Lynch looked the way he looked on TV, felt the way he felt. It's like, yeah, we're moving on. It's all good. But the main part of my job is to help us draft players. And this failed. And that's not fun to be the guy who has to answer for why this failed. But that's the job. What's well, it's, it's why if people that get divorces, people that break up after long relationships, you're breaking up or getting a divorce for a reason doesn't mean you still can't cry doesn't mean you still can't be emotionally moved by the, the sadness of the ending, even though be you sad know that it's over, but happy that it happened. This yeah, one, I don't know I, about happy that it happened. But. No, they're not. But I, I do think they're sad just advice. sad. It's just embarrassing. It's yeah. the ending is hard for not because you're going to miss the person just because of everything that it kind of everything under that umbrella of the situation. I mean, it's, it, it's easily, it's been one of the most talked about situations and the moment you trade, even though, like, you got to give them credit, not in a million years, I think they would get a fourth-round pick. <laughs> I mean, they, they, they would have they would have done this move 100% during the draft if they could have got a fourth-round pick. This this hasn't been available until Jerry got on that Why would the long. Cowboys have not offered if just someone told them, no, Jerry, just wait, maybe we'll get a guy in the fifth round that we like? Well, because it wasn't. Yeah, we'd be open to it, but it wasn't they were shopping him. This was... He's on the market. Give us a deal. He'll be he'll be yours. And I think Jerry, who alluded to this in his conversation, was like, well, "What's it takes me a fourth round pick in his mind right now?" He said, "I wasn't going to let them get off the phone. They weren't asking Jerry. We need we need a one and a two. It's like Jerry, our best offer right now is like this conditional fifth uh, from the Bills. So who knows? He might never play, which easily could turn into a seventh. So you top that, and Jerry's like, "Fuck fourth done." And in fairness, like I don't, I would if I was a GM. And again, I'm biased. Having we've been pretty close to the situation, I wouldn't want him on my team. In terms of his contract, 
I'd take him for like a flyer vet minimum, but relative to next year, the decision of a fifth year option, like there's a lot of other variables. But what's the fourth round pick? Especially if you're the Cowboys, like that's not just we're not talking at the first, you know, the top of the round. This is the end of the fourth round. We're going to be good. Who cares? I mean, the 49ers draft a kicker in the third, and dude's already hurt. Accountability, John. Accountability. Peter King wrote this. The word on the Bay Area street is that Shanahan had given up on Lance and valued Allen more if he needed an emergency in 23. If that's true, then if I'm owner Jed York, I call Kyle into a meeting this week after the roster cuts, and I say, I love you. I think you're doing a great job. However, you wasted three first-round picks on a quarterback you just tossed out in the trash after two injury-plagued seasons. That is not acceptable. We need to figure a way to put some guardrails in place so that this never happens again. We don't have to do it now, but I want you to know that as the steward of this franchise, I'm going to take a more active role after the season and making sure something like this doesn't happen again. No matter how well we do this year, losing three first-round picks in succession is eventually going to be felt significantly on this team. I could not disagree more. And I love and respect Peter King. I said hello to Peter King the other day. And he remembered that he used to come on the radio with us. And you've worked with him. And you know him from your time in the NFL and after. We just spent years telling Jed York to stop meddling with football. And now we're going to tell Jed York, start meddling again with football? I don't understand it, John. It makes no sense. That is laughable. I'm with you. I love PK, but Jed just... Keep cashing your checks. Enjoy your division champs and your playoff runs. This notion that you could give them unlimited first-round picks. Singletary, Nolan, Chip Kelly had Buckner and Armstead. None of it matters. There are two things that matter in the NFL, right? Coach and a quarterback. And that's what made the 49ers pretty unique. They've had a star coach and a questionable quarterback in Jimmy. And now they won with Brock Purdy. Once Brock Purdy exists and he becomes a starting quarterback, Trey Lance, like missing on Trey Lance, the reason it's not that big a deal is because that happened. So the whole point is to – one thing I disagreed with Kyle is like we were di- we were just like consumed with getting a rookie contract with a quarterback, which I think all teams are. But you got to get the player right. Like just having the contract, right? I mean – But you, you, I you think they valued the contract. Well, they did. They valued the contract more than the player. It's why they, they were like, the oh, early. because of that contract, we got, you know, other stuff. more cap room. Yeah, 100%. And they did. And they're not equals. Which I'm with the you. Pl- it's kind of convoluted, but like we drafted Debo Samuel when we drafted Trey Lance. And we drafted Trent Williams when we drafted Trey Lance, right? By saving that money, we had this money for these other guys. Well, yeah. like That's a very no one- glass overspilling perspective on it. But no, no one argues that the rookie contract is not beneficial to every team. But if I give you the rookie contract of Johnny Manziel, right, or Trey Lance, it doesn't benefit you. Like, you've got to get the player right. So just be consumed with the players. Like, why was Debo a good pick? Because his contract for three years was cheap? No, because he was fucking Debo Samuel, right? There, there's a, been a boatload of picks all over the draft that were just drafted in this last draft that you'll never hear of, ever. They will get their opportunity, maybe, stink. They will never get an opportunity. They just weren't good enough. And then there are going to be countless guys all over the league like, bro, did you see this guy that the Vikings got in the third round? Well, the reason that contract is going to be sweet, because of that player. And I think the 40, like, 
the, the Brock Purdy is a good example. They just love the player. John Lynch mentioned this on one of his eight press conferences. I can't even keep up. I think he did. Did he do a press conference Friday night? Did he come in at yeah. the end? Okay, that makes sense. I was like, where? when's he talking in the sports coat? Brian Greasy clearly loved him, right? Stamped of approval, which I also think is a variable here. Brian Greasy, it, you can love multiple people as a coach, right? Because Eric, he can like a ton of guys. He's got a huge unit. Forrester, right? Forrester could probably be, I bet right now there may be a guy he's banging the table for either to claim or a young guy that he thinks can be, has a bunch of upside. We shouldn't cut this guy. Maybe not based on some of the stuff we've seen, but you know what I mean, right? A wide receiver coach can do that. At quarterback, it's a little more difficult. You just, you're typically all in on the one guy. On the starter. And because I, you're, because you're, why though? Because this, the job of the QB coach is different than like what, you're just spending all your time with with yeah. that guy. I mean, but, but I mean, but part of it in the meeting room, you can like the other person, but you're just all in on the starter. Because part of it is that the job does is the job is not. It's weird, right? It's not QB development of all my quarterbacks. It's helping the number one guy win football games. His job is different yeah. than Jordan Palm. Like Brian Greasy's job is different than Jordan Palmer's job, right? One thousand percent. Like ultimately, which is a weird Moody, thing in the NFL that you don't really spend that much time developing your other quarterbacks. But Moody's success or failure, and hopefully he gets healthy, I'm glad you opened an opportunity. Is just yeah, I'm not gonna. I mean, he's been in one training camp. Well, it's just, I mean, it's not trending well. But won't be that he's way cheaper than Robbie Gold. It's that he'll be a good kicker, and then you factor in will he get him a couple years cheap. Well, if he's a good kicker, then eventually you got to pay him but you just got a good kicker. Like the logic behind drafting Jake Moody when they drafted him was clearly they needed a kicker because they weren't going to pay Robbie Gold the money, but they need a good kicker and they need a guy that they could be their kicker for a long time, right? Ultimately, once you draft the guy, especially as high as they did, they have in their mind, this guy can be our kicker for 10 years. So if he's a kicker for 10 years, that means his second, he'll probably make four or $5 million in three years. So... It's, I, I think the logic of talking contracts, I understand like trading and trying to acquire second round picks because you get more bites of the apple. And if you hit on one of those guys, the contract is cheap. But the most important thing is to hit on the player, right? You've got to have the player. Once you worry about the money, like ultimately Jerry Jones, the reason he was willing to go a fourth round pick, I bet if you're sitting there with a cocktail, he'd go, you know, these other teams clearly liked him. They were willing to trade for him, but they got consumed over the difference of a fourth or fifth round pick. Look at the history of the league. Like, what the fuck's the difference in the two picks? You, you're clearly, if you're the Bills, willing to take on a salary, but you just go a sixth because that mitigates your risk. I get it if it's different between like a sixth and a seventh, but there's no difference between a fourth. To me, there's no difference between any third day pick. I get a third round pick, very valuable second day pick, because that's also you're much closer to being able to trade up to the second round. It gives you more wiggle room. But this is about players. This is about players, then the contracts. The reason Trent Williams is worth whatever he's worth, because he's fucking a sweet player. And Nick Bosa going back and forth. It's he's a player. I think we talk a lot about the contracts, which matter once you start figuring out where the player ranks and how much he's worth, but when it comes to the draft, just get the player right. Right. Who One day you? soon, if Brock Purdy is still their starting quarterback, it'll really matter. Not that he's good enough, which is what it is right now, right? Brock Purdy's good. That's that's enough. 
one day it will matter. Is he good enough to justify what franchise quarterbacks get paid? Right? Because there's not, you usually don't extend your own guy for like, well, they got Purdy for a, one of those uh, $30 million a year contracts after he won a bunch of games and maybe made a Pro Bowl. Like, that doesn't happen. You don't get the Jimmy Garoppolo contract once the guy's established he's good on your own team. Right. So he's either going to be a big extension or a no extension. Or they'll be stuck in the middle ground, which is, oh, no. And this happens to teams sometimes. He's pretty good. He's the best we got. We got to extend him and hope he continues to get better. Will he? Right. And then the, different, the, dif- the difference, though, is like Daniel Jones, a good example, right? Same team got a 40, you know, $80 million guaranteed, which is unique for a quarterback. Usually you just, that, that guy doesn't exist unless he's going to a new team like a Jimmy or a Derek. The coach and GM were brand new. They're like, we just had a year with them. We're pretty intrigued. We know we got to overpay a little bit, but we don't want to lose them. In theory, Purdy would have years of playing time for the two guys. There would be no more projecting with Brock in the sense of like, you know, we just got here. We've only messed with them for 25 games. Like, that's probably not going to play out that way. Yeah. Uh, Bosa? It's August 28th now. Um, rap sheet so was two, on two. I mean, we're recording this what thirteen days till the opener. Yep. Rap sheet was on. Uh, McAfee today. Rap sheet was on McAfee today. This is what he said. Uh, they're not there yet. I don't get the sense it's imminent. Their offer is substantial, and there's been back and forth, and it's going to be a lot of money. The question is how high, and when will Nick his and his agent say, "All right." This is proper. So it feels like that maybe there is a level of frustration that the 49ers are um, communicating that this is not done yet. Now, maybe Rap Sheet's editorializing a little because what Rap Sheet said last week, John, sounded like it had come from the Bosa camp. And what Rap Sheet said today sounded like he's talking to the Niners camp. So... I don't want to nail him down and say, oh, the Niners are starting to get frustrated. But remember, there was a big agreement between the two parties that we're not going to do this through the media. And so when I hear Rap Sheet say the question is not how high, but when or not, not will it be the most money, but how much money will it be? And when will Nick and his agent say, all right, that's proper? <laughs> um, that sounds like if we believe that the Niners and the Boses are talking about this thing to a degree that they promised they wouldn't. Like the Niners are frustrated that they think their number is high enough. I think the problem for this situation is I, I just looked up uh, the last Miles Garrett and, and uh, Nick Bosa's brother Joey. Yeah, their their contracts both happened in 2020. Right. So a problem with the situation when it comes to what you pay one of these guys is, and you and I know this having negotiated like advertising deals when you're like, hey, things have changed from two years ago, the price, inflation, whatever. How do you find a number? Because your number usually is much higher than the other person's number. So you go, well, no one of our caliber has signed in 21 or 22. So there's a two-year gap. So, yeah, you could say, like, hey, listen, we'll make you the highest-paid player of all time 
non-quarterback, highest defensive player of all time, highest so far as your brother at 102. Couple year span, we'll give you 108. Because in their mind, it's like we're making you the highest. Play. And Joey's like, well, there's multiple years. The cap has gone up exponentially. What if he's at like 126? So they're even though 20 millions in the grand scheme of things is not that big of a difference. Once you're at that number, that is a pretty wide gap, right? Because one thing the 49ers are very big on is precedent. They're not big on like setting the tone for things of just throwing out crazy numbers. They don't really operate. I don't want to say like Jerry Jones is haphazard with his money, but he can just become much more emotional. It's his team. He's the GM. He's actually drafted the pick. The 49ers have this unique kind of balance of like, Brock's pretty cutthroat with his money because he knows it pretty well. He controls the franchise's cash. And because he's crushed it, he's gone on to awesome things. Like he's fucking running a European soccer team, right? He's not your typical contract negotiator. He has a little more juice. And I think they just have a trust level that probably is not normal for an owner slash GM slash coach with the guy that's kind of running this. And I don't think he's, I don't think he's easy to budge, you know? And another thing Lombardi said today is he used an example of John Gruden and I, I, I kind of remember this, not really, but remember John Gruden back when he was the Raiders coach, there were rumors he was going to go to Notre Dame. Yeah. And a big a big reason for the rumors, right, he's trying to get, because he couldn't get Al to pay him. It's like, hey, motherfucker, we'll go to Notre Dame. And he's like, you know what Al Davis was really comfortable with? Being uncomfortable. Where a lot of people, like, why do news like that, just typically for coaches or players leak? Because it, like, kind of keeps you on your feet, toes if you're, the, if you're the side that doesn't want to lose whatever asset. If you're cool with being uncomfortable, you're like, I don't give a shit. Call me whenever. And I think Parag, you talk about talk about Trey Lance and experience going through the ringer. He's been negotiating these deals with like hall of fame level guys for multiple decades. Yeah. Coaches too. So it's like, I, and Kyle and John are a little old. Honestly, I bet John's the most emotional. Parag's probably the least and Kyle's somewhere in the middle. And I could just see them being pretty far apart talking about just astronomical numbers. Cause in fairness to the Niners, like if they're offering you one ten, I think in their mind, that's very fair. And I, I could understand if I'm, if I'm Nick thinking like inflation, salary cap rise, it's been two years. I want 130. Yeah. So well, even, keep in mind, I don't even want to meet you in the, I'll meet you in the middle at 120. And the Niners might not even be willing to meet in the middle. Keep in mind too, Aaron Donald didn't do a deal in years in total value as big, but Aaron Donald did a three year, $95 million contract coming off of the 2021 Super Bowl year, right? Going into 2022. So he probably thinks like, let's take that deal, 31, 32 million a year, and then we'll multiply that by five. And that's what a five-year contract should be. Not the 5102 that Joey did, but the 5160 that Aaron Donald's deal would have been if he was my age. That's what they're saying, right? Aaron Donald is 31 years old, thinking about retire, threatening to retire, and he got 31 million a year. So I want 31, 32 million a year for five years. And maybe they throw in, and you know, and we'd like it to be fully guaranteed. Yeah. Right. And, and, and then and I, bet, like, I bet the, and then you're not even close. You're like, wait, you want 160 fully guaranteed? Why? Well, I bet the Niners are going, okay. So three, five years, 160. He got 95 guaranteed, which most, 
even elite contracts, non-quarterback, are three to three and a half years essentially guaranteed. We'll take the 95. We'll add another half year of the salary. That's 15. We're at 110. As a year ago, we're, we're offering you 15 million more than he just got. And clearly, we have no, like Aaron Donald, no desire to not play this whole thing out. Like we want, we don't plan on you going anywhere. So we plan on you seeing all this 160. But I could just see very easily how they're closer to like 110. And he's closer. Hell, you might be right. He might be closer to 150. And feel, honestly, feel like a pretty good argument. Like, hey, you can tell me quarterbacks all you want. They gave Kyler Murray fucking 170 guaranteed. If you can't give me 145, what the fuck are we doing? Call me back when you can figure that out, because I can't. And, and honestly, I, I would understand where Nick's coming from. Yeah, he, Nick's saying, Nick's agent, they're like, George Kittle played tight end, so George Kittle gets paid less? Well, how does that make any sense, right? We're not doing that. The difference between us and George is we're prepared to sit out games. And I said this that, Friday night. like That's the that's the way. Well, Chris the, Jones is. You see Chris Jones tweeted week eight. But his point is because that's what because that if you get to week nine you lose a season if he shows up week eight he gets you know closer to free agency yeah that's that's the way to win though do not show oh, up oh yeah the Le'Veon Bell screw not up. quit the season but right. I just mean don't show up for at least like you start getting into week two and you're zero and two or the defense is looking shitty I've been saying this for the last few days anytime somebody says I'm confident the deal is going to get done my response is well then the holdout hasn't gone long enough. The point of the holdout is to go until nobody's confident it's going to get done, and that's when something gets done. So when Kyle and Lynch a week ago or two weeks ago, when Kyle said last week, Kyle said it last like Tuesday or Wednesday, whatever day it was, oh, yeah, I this, this thing's definitely getting done. Well, guess what? The holdout's not working from the Bo, from the BOSA's perspective, right? If I'm the agent and, and Kyle is confident and Lynch is like, oh, yeah, this is getting done, then that just means we have to hold out more. This holdout doesn't work until somebody believes we're holding out. You know, like, John, I'll be there on time. Well, I don't text you to say, you coming? Until you're late. <laughs> now I'm worried you're late, right? And the, and the Bosa's and the Niners, the Niners are like, oh, he'll be here on time. He'll be here on time. So the only way to convince them I won't be here on time is to be late. And he has to make them believe that he's going to be late. And it feels like when you see that rap sheet thing, like, ah, oh, we're just waiting on them. The Niners are like playing chicken, right? Like, are they playing chicken right now? You actually just convinced me when you dropped that 150 number or fully guaranteed. Cause I keep saying, like, I'm closer to the 110. What if the 49ers, like, we're offering them $122 million guaranteed? Cause we kind of know where everything's going. We're willing to overpay our best player in theory a little bit, like, whatever. And his number is way higher. Like his number is like five year. We want a five year extension, thirty million dollars a year, every penny guaranteed. We're going to be the ones to do it, and why not? Everyone tells us we're top five player in the league. They tell them. They say it openly. Yeah. You've said it for years. We're not even arguing over that. Like, right? We all know what you think of us, and it's just this is a business. The question is, will they flinch? And I would say historically they have not. The only way you can make Kyle get flinchy, you start 0-2 and him nowhere to be found. Right. He'd get fucking pissed. Any coach would. Right. Andy, they have a little more room for, like, little leeway, right? They just won the Super Bowl. 
if they are cool with like potentially moving on, I could see like goes a couple weeks and they just trade them like week three. They're like, yeah, we, we were never going to go to the number that Team X was going to extend them. Yeah, at. I mean, we'll take a one and a two. The Niners the aren't in the Niners business. Niners are fundamentally different teams, though, based on yep. quarterback. Who their most valuable players are. Yeah, and who knows? I mean, Patrick might need to redo his deal, right? Although his deal is pretty good. Well, for the team, yeah, that's I'm what I mean. Saying, oh, you're saying Patrick will want to get more money for himself? Yeah, I could just see, like, in a couple of years, like they just guarantee more of the money. At this point in time, like his 10 year 450 or whatever it is, if he just rides it out, he's seeing 450. <laughs> I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo and Derek Carr see their whole deal. You don't think Patrick Mahomes is stiff in that whole thing? Tommy on the screen says, has Bosa deleted the Niners from his Instagram yet? It's true. It's not a negotiation until you've deleted a team from your Instagram. You know what I appreciate about their negotiation? Is it's not about any of that bullshit. Right. You see the headline about Stafford not being able to relate to his teammates because you see where it came from? His wife. Her podcast. (laughs) Give him her podcast. Like, did you read it? Yeah, I mean, she was. Pre- I mean, she gave a lot of good details. Like a it Facebook was pretty stuff. suboptimal. Yeah, if that's really how he feels. If it's not like, oh, God, these guys know. I give them shit all the time about their phones. If it's like kind of, man. If that's really how he feels, I would say if anyone knows it's how he feels, it would be her. Yeah, it's really how he feels. Well, I just mean like, as he said to guys, like, guys, I need you to lock in here. We got to be friends. Do they just find out he's walking around with a sheet with all their headshots on it with their names <laughs> pretending to know them? <laughs> Uh, uh, Billy, uh, oh, wrong my guy. dude, <laughs> Billy, my dude. <laughs> but the point is, is that I think what Stafford was talking about, what it represents is the era of just guys that are obsessed and how could they not? I mean, they've grown up on social media. All of them are big deals on social media. He doesn't give a shit. Like I, I hate that. I think that's so stupid and I'm glad that this is just, this is just old school about dollar cents. No Instagrams. Just pay me what I'm worth or a little Reva style. This is what I'm worth. Holler at me when you're ready. <laughs> See you at Roscoe's. Yeah, I'll, I'll either be fucking at the restaurant or in the gym. Is that where they know. met? Remember it was like the, the, yeah, the yeah, hard yeah. knock cameras couldn't go in. It was Tannenbaum <laughs> in, the, in the chicken restaurant with Reva. So, but, but those days are... I would say the old school negotiation of Rebus of some of the holdouts that we used to get when we were kids are now much more intertwined. Like he deleted it all. It's like, he's saying this, he he tweets this. It'll be a lot of that, you know, moving forward. Yeah. I appreciate the agents who, who decide not to let their players negotiate that way. But I think he's not, but he, but he's not really into any of that crap. No, he's not. But I, I do think the agent can drive a lot of this. Do you think a lot of agents tell their players to do the delete move or you think players do it? Uh, I think people like to act like it's all part of the big marketing. Like this is a, this was a concerted effort by a, a genius brainchild of people playing chestnut checkers. I think that's how people like to present it, you know? My guess is a lot of times the player is super pissed and he just deletes it all. I think it's like. You think like a I guy think at CAA is like, do it. Well, that's my like question. Now's the the CAA guys do it? Uh, uh, Kyler did That's what it. I'm getting at. It's like, do Saquon CAA. Saquon did it. Are they CAA guys? 
Are they both CAA guys? Maybe uh, it is part Kyler, of the game. Kyler was the game Bur- Burkhart. Uh, yeah. I don't know who Saquon, I think, might be a CAA guy. I think some of some of the deletes are just a 24-year-old super emotional. And see, and, and now, seeing other guys do it. Like, and it works. Oh, man, it worked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Kyler got paid. He did. Yeah. I was just doing a normal social cleanse. I don't see why people think it's weird that Kyler's on pup. Like he did tear his ACL in the middle of last season. Oh, I don't think it's weird that he's. Do people think it's weird on pup? I think it's that he's on pup. I think it's more that just like what a shitty QB situation they have. Because I thought at yeah. least Colt would be their starter, and that's a real NFL player. I, 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 we might be a little jaded with Colt because he had the Dan Marino game against the 49ers a couple of years. I think when you look at the totality of his career, he, I might overrate him a little bit. Yeah, but Hudson <laughs> Card or who's the guy? T- Tanner, Tanner Muse. Muse. Like, <laughs> but there's a chance you go two wins with Colt just like you do. Yeah, I mean, they, it's, you might as well. Uh, how many teams away. with franchise quarterbacks get accused of tanking, which is what's happening with the Cardinals right now? Are they really tanking, or is they just like they really suck? And there's no, but I, some guys. yeah, yeah. But it, I think part of it they drafted quarterbacks number one back to back years. Did you see uh, Cliff Kingsbury on the sideline? No, I didn't. SC game, no headset, just he has a little piece of paper. Just like looking Still at getting it, looking like ten million dollars. Yeah, he's just I don't think he can coach anybody, right? He's just an analyst. He's not allowed to like coach anybody up. Oh, because they're at the max amount, so he just has this little notepad and i think I, it looked to me like he was just staying fresh like third and three uh in his head like run here we got two more timeouts okay we'll use one under seven minutes i just felt like he was just using it to like just keep his mind moving why well, I, I already got it circled that caleb will refuse to go to the arizona cardinals if that plays it out like he's got that in the back like i won't play for you he the headline looked worse than his actual quotes which i don't totally blame him of like he's a big refuse to take the five hundred dollars to make the EA game. Did you see that story? Which he should yeah, five hundred bucks. He shouldn't take five hundred bucks. But it's like who gives a fuck? Well, that, like, this is why I say, John, I think it's not as insane as it is. Like he would be the guy that's like, you know what? Fuck this. I don't need to go pro to make forty million bucks. I'm gonna stay here. You know what I mean? Like he kinda I think has the personality to do something outside the box like well, that. For sure. But if I'm EA there are some guys in that game that would benefit from the $500, right? Yeah, and there are some guys, but a lot of guys in the game aren't worth the $500. And he's saying, but I'm worth... And that's his point. And I'm worth $3 million. And he's right. Yeah. And EA's like... Again, can, I, I don't, I don't play the game without, like, Barry Bonds, John Dowd. We can just do it without yeah, you. Th- th- that's my point. It's like, just make the game with random players. No one actually cares. I, I haven't played the game in 20-plus years, so it's not like I'm a proponent that he's screwing me over. I don't play video games, but I just thought like, I mean, this is just, who really cares? What what's Because there's no way to get the right value. This isn't one of those like, Caleb, you're the artist here. They're selling your music. There are so many players in the game, right? So it's like, how do I, I get if you put him on the cover, he deserves a hundred grand or whatever, but just if you're just playing in the game and you just put some generic player on the cover. Well, you know what it makes me think of is you and I loved the interview that uh, Troy Aikman did with – was it with McVeigh? Who did Aikman do a great interview with? He talked about the – how he went, on, the, he went on Flying Coach, yeah. Yeah. 
when um, the quarterbacks in the 90s broke away from the NFLPA and started their own QB union, right? Like when you say, well, college football players should unionize. But again, it doesn't solve the problem of Caleb Williams being worth more than everybody else, right? Arch, Arch is making $3 million as the on the backup quarterback. Yeah. I don't know if he's – is he the backup for long? Quinn Ewers? Maybe Quinn, Quinn will be good out. enough. Uh, I don't know. Pretty good little, pretty good little side side story there. But Florida, Utah, John, it's a crazy thing. Thursday night, um, you know, roster cutdowns, all that stuff's going on. Niners, by the way, dodged a bullet. I don't actually, they didn't dodge a bullet. Their fourth round pick is just. I don't know if they were going to keep him. He hadn't been one of their three best tight ends. Kicker, you see, the Titans don't have a kicker as of recording. They cut their kicker. The Browns just cut York, who they drafted last year, in the fourth round. Oh well, that feels like a that feels like a legacy signing to the Niners. Do you? I mean, to me, he's legitimately hurt. Like they were gonna they were gonna give him a little while to figure this out. Like they they were not. To me, there was no way. Even if he was missing, yeah, yeah, he wasn't making the team. I know. Yeah, I had the theory that he was fake hurt, but he's real hurt. Clearly, he's injured. The problem, I think, is they just would have maybe put him on pup if they got concerned and gone with Zane Gonzalez. Who did he get injured warming up in that yes. game? <laughs> when nobody knows why there's somebody else kicking the ball in football, it's a sneaky, hilarious moment because it always happens. You don't realize it's happening till it's already happening. Are you like, wait, is that Mitch? Holy shit, that kick was terrible. What the hell's going on? Yeah, because during the game when he shanks the kick. And T-Rock goes, Mitch Wisnowski missed the kick. And Papa goes on the hold, just because in his mind, you just yeah. you just well, Greg goes, I was watching the touchdown run again. <laughs> Looks like at the all-22, he's rewinding. Because you don't even think. You just an extra point. I do think you just need to be locked in in football in general and in, in, in the NFL with extra points. They are just – you can't really just look away. And this goes no. back to Belichick banging the table at the owners' meetings – at 99.7% efficiency, what is the point of having a two-yard field goal? Or well, I don't know a, if you, you, know, you if you if you watch it, it it has it has him it has made the NFL a, just it's added an element of a little intrigue. Which is why don't tell me Jake Moody never missed an extra point. Watch it, go watch a college football game. These guys are they're fucking layups. They are standing right on the goal. Where did they, they snap the ball? What at the three? It's a twenty-yarder. Yeah, yeah. So three, seven, and the ten yards. So twenty yards. I thought the NFL was at the two because the two point conversions at the two, so wouldn't that be in nineteen? The old, the old version. Oh, the old one. It was a two and a half. I thought. Is that the same in college? I, don't know. I yeah. Isn't there another hash mark between the two and a half? It's but a if, but if I go maybe for maybe it's the three. If I go for a two point conversion in college, yeah, you got. That it's right. not at the three yard line. It's not at the two yard no, line. No. Yeah, but the the NFL kicks a thirty three. It's a big difference. Fuck yeah! These guys miss them constantly. You just watch games on Sunday. I mean, it's a lock. You're going to see a miss. A lock. You just watch the red zone. I, I would say, I wonder what the average miss per day. One and a half? If you just like factor in the last yeah, couple of years. It feels pretty high. A wild situation they're in. <laughs> San Diego traded their kicker to the Browns, or the LA Chargers traded their kicker to the Browns. That happened today? Well, the Chargers named the guy a kicker, and then they had, you know, they kind of had a kicker. They had two. So they kept butt kicker. Don't they have butt, butt kickers? kickers? Who's the Chargers kicker? 
Uh, thought it was Buck, a butt kicker. Chiefs kicker. No, Chiefs he's, not a, he's gone. He's got he's rid of him. Chiefs starting quarterback. Patrick Mahomes? What? <laughs> I don't know. Harrison Bucker. Oh, Dicker. I'm thinking of Dicker. Dicker. Butker is still the Chiefs. I'm thinking of Dicker the kicker. Okay. Dicker the kicker. Got it. My mistake. Won the Chargers job. Okay. And then they had a second guy that they tried. The kicker. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, New story, John. Max Duggan's roster spot in jeopardy. Yeah, no shit. Did you watch their first series against the Niners? They looked horrific. Yeah, they were bad. They looked like a fifth string offense. He looked terrible. They just run him. Do you notice that? The Chargers, they just run him. He got crushed. (laughs) He was getting destroyed. Isn't it crazy? The craziest part about the preseason is you get a guy like this who just became a college football legend, took fucking TCU. I know they lost by 100, but he beat Michigan in a playoff game. Like, no one ever in TCU land will ever mention the national championship game. It'll just be like Max Duggan won us the Big 12, and we took down Michigan, who was favored, I don't know the line off the top of my head, but 14 points, it feels like, if not more. Like, they were an enormous favorite in the game. They won a legendary game. And then you watch him, you're like, this guy's terrible. Like, this guy, this guy looks like a USFL player. But he just, six months ago, walked around that campus like he was Jesus in football pads. And then it, he just goes to the Chargers. He's going to get cut. He'll probably be a practice squad guy for a couple of years, and his career will be over. Actually, he's got, you know, you can play XFL or USFL now, which he probably feels like, but it wasn't that long ago. He finished he won. second in the Heisman. Yeah. I mean, he's standing there right with Caleb. He won. I mean, it's got to be one of the biggest upsets in the history of the college football playoff. Don't you yeah. Know? That team being the national championship game is. I think uh, you could argue. Hopkins I, is who they traded the kicker. I think it's the biggest upset in the history of the college football playoffs, just in terms of like. Did anyone pick TCU to win that game? Well, yeah. I mean, they has a non Oklahoma Big Twelve team made it. No, and that you know Oklahoma is a different type of Big Twelve team than TCU. They were just a group of five team five ten years ago. So Lincoln Lincoln never yeah, won I a agree. playoff game. No, he didn't. Right? It's true. I don't think they're going to make Harbaugh it. hasn't won a playoff game. No, people are picking them, which. I'll believe that one when I see it. To win the national championship or make the playoffs? Win the national championship. Yeah, let's. I'm with you on that. Like, let's see them win a playoff game before I can pick them to win the national championship. I just have a hard time watching Lincoln Riley knowing the level, like even talking to Derek at Florida State. I just know when you watch Florida State at LSU, I don't know if they're going to win, you know, Sunday night or whatever. But I know when their bodies on both sides – I know LSU, but Florida State will have guys that are like, half these guys look like NFL players. Right. I watch USC, and maybe it's just because all the headlines, all the transfers, I was just expecting like to not see Pete Carroll 06, right? Maluga, Cushing, Matthews, Mike Patterson. I'm not even expecting to see that level, but see like three or four guys like, okay, this is another level. And it just looked exactly the same size. Why no. Why so small? No, Bear Alexander, 6'3", 300. He looked good. They just, but to me, it's just all the guys running around just look small. They look, they yeah, look a lot like, like Oklahoma. They just look small. And I just, this is big picture. I just wonder, like Kyle Shanahan. 
I just don't think he understands, cares about, thinks about special teams until it's going to fuck him, which right now he's not thinking about, like, how do we improve? Uh, what's his name when he gets back from this quad injury? He's like, just make the kicks, bro. Just make the kicks. I do wonder if Lincoln's like, just recruit, just get us a couple stops instead of, like, being obsessed. Like Saban or Kirby, for example. Saban's a good example. He is as defensive of a human being as ever lived in the sport of football. It's his baby. The DBs are really his baby. But clearly over the last half decade, he's even openly talked about it, gone all in from Tua to Jalen to Mac to Bryce, like to emphasize skill guy. Right. Yeah, gone Sark over the top. Who's his uh hired the guy from Notre Dame, like Bill O'Brien, like emphasizes offensive skill guys, even if it's not his like Saban, deep down in his core, would love to get back to, like, 1997-style football, right? But he knows it's not coming back. Yep. I do wonder if Lincoln I, – I just don't know if he views it like that, which – think who taught him. The Mike D'Antoni of football. RIP, but Mike – that just wasn't an emphasis of his. Right? His when team's you got good players, on defense at the end with Alex Grinch at Washington State. Oh, really? they, got, they got good and on that's defense. His defense. Like, actually good on defense. Yeah. And a lot of people think that Alex is not good now, a little like Wilcox style a couple years ago when he was the defensive coordinator for Sarp. Yeah, I think one of the criticisms is like, now you've gotten better talent. Let's not, we don't need seven different stunts, right? There was like, they gave up a big run play from the quarterback on third and 17 or something with guys doing all this shit, right? And I think I saw Jeff Schwartz say like, hey, your players are better. Just let them go get the quarterback. You're better. Your D-line is better than San Jose State's O-line. And that's where I'm nitpicking USC. Like I'm, I, I viewed them coming into the season, and rightfully so. Like in the top six, seven, it feels like what eight to ten teams like have a legit chance to win the national championship this year. Yeah, or at least definitely to well, make the playoffs. And yeah, it's it, because it's open. Yeah, yeah, to make the playoffs. But but like Florida State, Clemson, Ohio State, Michigan, three or four SEC teams. I think SC was viewed as the best of the West, and it's like, is there really? What's the difference between USC, Oregon, and Washington? Their coach has proven it. Uh, well, level, I mean, winning. I would say, US, yeah, USC's quarterback is superior. Yeah, but they, but they are, but like Washington, and Oregon are sweet on offense. So, like, I understand, but what I mean is, like, defense? I think it's, I think it's a little more scheme dependent with Washington and Oregon with their quarterback, right? So, when you're playing the best teams, can your quarterback elevate you beyond? And I think Caleb can do that. I think Bo and Penix are both excellent, and I think they both should be first-round picks. I don't think they've shown a great ability to like just take over games. I thought that it was pretty eye-opening last year. Washington got off to a hot start. They went to UCLA and got punched in the mouth, and then they went the next week to ASU and lost. I, that was a pretty eye-opening stretch for me. I took a step back on them, and I, I am not coming back from that until they prove that that's not who they are as a program. But I, but I'm not picking them to win the national championship. I'm just saying they can beat USC, yeah. right? Because because USC on they defense, could, yeah, they can't. I agree. They not can. good enough. hundred percent. Like it's just going to be shootouts. Yeah, I agree with you on that. If you told me all three are ten and two, it's believable. Even if Caleb is fucking awesome. Because what if he just has a game where he's awesome, but for whatever reason, fourth quarter he makes a mistake and it's they lose forty eight to forty six. Here's the thing for Oregon: they don't even play SC. Until the conference championship. Right. 
Oh, I'm sorry. I take that back. They do. They do. They host them at the end of the year. But I think USC goes through a stretch where they play like Oregon, Washington, Utah, and Notre Dame. Isn't that the second half of the year? Yeah, I mean, they all do. So so UCLA, uh, sorry, not UCLA, Oregon, USC, Washington, and Utah. Oregon, USC, Washington, Utah. The top four teams in the Pac-12 all play each other. All four of them play all the other three in a five-week span, like late October, mid-November. So Did the five-star quarterback win the job at UCLA? No, Ethan. Gar- well, <laughs> you like this. Ethan Garber's got named the starter. Chase, Chase Garber's bro. younger brother. Colin Schley transfer Kent State. Dante Moore five-star. Chip said all three are going to play week one. So he's doing a little hardball. They play Coastal Carolina. He named a starter, but said all three are going to play. Do you think it's like Harbaugh from a couple years ago, or is this yeah? But who'd he like do it against? Enough. Coastal's like seven, eight win team. They're not an FCS. You know, it's not North Central State. Remember, they beat uh, Zach Wilson, kicked his ass, beat him yeah, up. They were, they were. Yeah, I do remember that. So, well, part of it, you know, the transfer portal. Always a little nervous. Which transfer part? portal o- open all season. No. You can get so you in whenever you get... want. Yeah, that's what I meant. Like, oh yeah, if I'm the five star and I'm just like the third string, can I just hop in the portal? Yeah, yeah. I think you're always kind of cognizant of that as coaches now. Yeah, that's a good point. I saw Lebetard was like, "How does no one find it weird that Herm Edwards just works normally and no one says anything when we talk constant shit about other coaches doing shady shit?" Yet he's just like. Just no one even mentions it. Like John. They, just, they just went to the team. It was like, you guys are banned from the bowl. Do you see? I forget who was quoting. Thamel uh, was like, players were like, what the fuck? I'm a senior. This is crazy. How about, uh, I haven't listened to it yet because we were doing this, but a buddy of mine texted me just with a laughy emoji. It's a clip from ESPN's Twitter page of Herm weighing in on the Louisville scandal. What's their scandal? His quote is, that's your job to know your name is on the program. Isn't it the old Patino? Like the thing. Oh, maybe this is an old clip. Okay, this is an old clip. This is Herm pre-coaching. So, because he's with Golik. So this must be an old clip. But the point is like, we'll bring this back today. But yeah, Herm, I just saw somebody said Herm is doing a show with uh, Booger. Did you tell me that? Or did somebody else tell me that? No, but I saw the headline. I, I think to do a self-bowl ban on August 27th. It's one thing to do it midsummer and give guys an opportunity to think or whatever. That's fucked up. Like, oh, that it's, is... John, it's uh, less than a week before their first game. Kenny Dillingham, the that, coach, was like, what? these guys, we just had the worst practice I've ever seen. These guys are rattled. What are we doing? Do you, th- do you think he even knew? He said he found out 6.30 that morning. Now, there is a clause in his contract that says if we get... Bowl ban, I get an extra year on my contract. So, but he'd, I mean, he'd rather just have the opportunity to win six, oh, seven games and make a question. My point is just like when he signed yeah, the yeah. deal, he was somewhat aware that it was a possibility. But maybe he thought by the time I got to week one, yeah, it's crazy. Uh, it's, uh, you know, let, let the three different show guys, this. three different coaches. We did an What's interview with Herm that never saw the light of day. Remember that? Things changed quickly yep. after we did the interview. Yeah, we did. We didn't post that one. Yeah, yeah we did. Men? All right, men. <laughs> Fun guy to talk they, they, to. 
that program, Arizona too, I like Oregon, Washington, even the two state schools, like the, they always felt the Pac-12. I think Arizona and Arizona State always felt a little more like Oklahoma Statey. <laughs> Just the way that down here in the desert, no rules. Arizona's been cheating at basketball for fucking 30 years. Arizona State's just not a good athletic program. But, like, Arizona does take, clearly, basketball very seriously. But yeah. they they view it like, you know, KU. Like, uh, they'll do what it takes to win. You know, they're not <laughs> yeah, operating but- like Cal or Stanford. No, no, but in the heyday, Arizona basketball did re- – it was a great – Arizona, UCLA, Stanford. That was, well, I'm saying the, the the conference was lucky to have them, but they – I'm just saying they, they fit were, like that group of teams was – Yeah, because they were good. They were cheating. They cheat. Again, and, I, and I'm not I'm not saying – No, no, I understand that. I'm just saying it, it all fit. Like, it all worked. Like, it, it felt natural is what I'm saying. Yes. Well, the Pac-12 has always been a really good basketball conference, and they were yeah. – Arizona State to me feels like a Kansas State, but way shittier. They're just terrible. I mean, they're just they're a golf baseball school. <laughs> it's I, a hell of a combination. I, I, I would bet against what's his name having any success. Kenny D. Yeah, it's just not going to happen. We're like Oregon. What's Dan Lanning? How good a coach he is? I don't truly know, but you are set up for success there. It's why, like, when you get run out of town, oh, or, yeah. Mario has a ceiling. Like your upside is playoffs. Like you put Chris Peterson in Oregon, like they're going to the playoffs like every other year. Well, that's one thing I would tell the people at Washington who they need a new athletics director is you got to the Big Ten. That was the goal. Congratulations. But what worked, what was enough, is not going to be enough. Like you've got to raise more money. You have to raise more money. In the end, Chris Peterson did not always get what he wanted, which is criminal. In the end, anybody would have hired Chris Peterson to be their football coach from Boise State, right? But the fact they is... tried. He said no. A lot of people tried, yeah. But, you know, they hired the guy who did it with, with a little bit. Now, Boise State was all in on football, so I don't want to be unfair to Boise. But they hired the guy who, like, coached David, not Goliath. And then they kept operating kind of like David and acting like Goliath, but they weren't giving their coach everything he needed. And so they need to, I mean, it costs a lot of money to be good at football, to be good. It doesn't cost a lot to just kind of belong. Like you can get by, but if you really want to win, it costs a lot more money than a lot. You got to be all in on football. It's just. They, they might've lucked in. I mean, the coach of Washington might just be really fucking good. Yeah. They might, might just, be, but they got to make sure that, he doesn't leave them for Michigan State, right? Or something. Well, all of like a sudden, that. he starts beating Wisconsin and Iowa. They start calling like, "Hey, you want yeah. nine million dollars a year? Right? Aren't you from the Midwest? You want to come home? We'll give you everything you need." Because I'll tell you this: he's a year or two away from getting to just put his resume on oh, tape coach. every single week against that entire conference, right? Hundred percent. I'm telling you, you keep an eye on that. I don't think there's any doubt. And that'll be the test for them. It's like, all right, you're getting 30 million. Everyone else making 70. Can you make up the gap? I know Oregon will. Oregon will make up the gap. Because they're going to raise money from Phil. Are you going to make up the gap? I'll I'll give you one. That's what I would be. If I'm I'm a Washington and I'm going to the donors right now, I'm like, guys, this is not over. It's going to get harder right now. 
Uh, you can see this coming. Uh, we don't have their schedule yet, but it's I, I could see this. Ryan Day ain't just on scholarship. So let's say a couple more years, lose to Michigan, not win a national championship. All of a sudden, DeBoer comes and beats him. It's like, wait, this guy's proven now a bunch of different places. This is not working out. Sorry, this guy. Mm-hmm. That's, that's typically how it works in conferences, right? You right. just start getting beat by the guy, and you're like, fuck it, why don't we just take this guy? Right. It's not always just Florida, like, let's go get Utah. He's the best young coach. And honestly, those days are kind of over, right? Like, it doesn't happen that often that, like, Urban Meyer or Chris Peterson are just at the smaller program anymore. And historically, when they are, they're gone immediately, right? They just – Urban was at Utah for a couple years then left. Chris is really an outlier. He is. It's like they build up that resume. A lot of times now – what makes college a little more cool than the NFL in terms of that? Like, I can't just. What if, like, Jerry Jones, like, I'll give Kyle Shanahan $30 million a year? Yeah. That would add an element to the NFL. These guys are spending way too much money to not, like, no, we ain't doing that. And they're all, it's, they're all in the partnership together. Right? They're all in the partnership. And you got to trade picks. Uh, you know, you can't just steal guys. The contracts matter. Contracts in college don't matter. You just break them. They're just fake. I guess they, they're one like way they contract. Buy, they have more buyout clauses now. Right? Because the guys are yeah, getting they, way more money. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But as long as you're going somewhere rich, you can afford the buyout. Like, could Alabama just hire Lincoln Riley? Or, is, or no? Of course. Yeah, but I think it's. It, wouldn't you imagine this buyout into year two is like $50 million? Oh, oh, sorry. I meant like, are they allowed to? I'm saying, yeah, they're allowed to. I'm just saying, I, I think some of these now contracts that it's like, there is, it used to be we were making a couple million dollars. We can't really, I start paying you guarantee $120 million. Like, you don't just get to like play the field every couple of years. You'd think, but some of these athletic directors, as an agent told me, got no fucking clue what they're doing. And how would they? I mean, there's a you go from negotiating a soccer coach's two year, two hundred ten thousand dollar contract a year, to negotiating a football coach's contract. They don't even do just, the search. They do a search firm does it. Yeah, like two separate industries. And you got other work to do, I guess. That's part of it, but kind of. Yeah, yeah. I, I I heard the LSU AD on an interview one time. I forget the guy's name, but he's the famous AD that was at A and M, who was like. I never forget that 80% of everything comes from football. So I try to do, I try to do something football related, whether it's go to practice, whether it's interact with the coaching staff, whether it's talk with the head coach on a talk with the players, interact just with the program on a daily basis. Mm. They pay for all of this. Yep. You can never lose sight of that. No matter. And this, and he would, this was interviewing after like he was on cloud nine as his baseball coach just won a national championship. Right, it's not. It's not like LSU's having a lot of success. All the who we hired away from Arizona, by the way. Yeah, so it's, but it just that's their equivalent of. I mean, that that is the business. Ask USC how it's going. It's going pretty well since they hired what's his name. Even honestly, even if they do underwhelm and ten and two in their defense, still a lot better than what it was. But I do. What's his name? Being Lincoln Riley in this case. I could feel it. The expectations there are already risen, and anything less. Would you agree? If they don't win the Pac-12 this year, it'll be viewed as a disappointment. Yeah, Obviously, failure. Quarterback. Yep. It will be. Are they the only team that you would say is conference championship or bust? Yes. But 
Like Oregon and Washington are not. Oregon can be in the game. Or if Oregon doesn't make it to the game, that's a bust. But didn't Washington beat them last year? I'm just, the amount of money that, like, they are, it's just, I think it's a bust. If they, they've been close, they've kind of been in the mix. It's, that's who they were. They ran this league. Them and Stanford ran this yeah. league for, so I think it's a bust for them if they're not in the championship game. Didn't they pay him a couple million dollars? To they gave him a raise. Yep. The coach, so. but I'm saying, didn't they pay the quarterback a ton to come back to? Not that. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, the them. collective. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. Adios, everybody. Later. Good luck, Moody. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.